Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hey guys, good morning and thank you so much for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast. Hi, my name is Jen and I am the host of the P40 Ministries podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in to hang out with me, to discuss the Bible with me and to share a cup of coffee with me or a cup of tea, whatever you prefer. But uh, if you prefer tea over coffee, you are wrong. Anyway, let's go ahead and discuss Exodus chapter 23 today, verses 10 through 19. I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible. For six years you shall sow on your land, and you shall gather in its increase. But the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie follow, that the poor of your people may eat. And what they leave, the animal of the field shall eat. In the same way you shall deal with your vineyard and with your olive grove. Six days you should do your work, and on the seventh day you should rest, that your ox and your donkey may have rest, and that the son of your servant and the alien may be refreshed. Be careful to do all the things that I have said to you, and don't invoke the name of other gods, or even let them be heard out of your mouth. You shall observe a feast to me three times a year. You shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, as I commanded you, at the time appointed in the month of Abib. For in it you came out of Egypt, and no one shall appear before me empty. And the feast of harvest, the first fruits of your labors, which you sow in the field, and the feast of ingathering at the end of the year, when you gather in your labors out of the field. Three times in the year, all your males shall appear before the Lord Yahweh. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leavened bread. The fat of my feast shall not remain all night until the morning. You shall bring the first of the first fruits of your ground into the house of Yahweh your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. What a weird verse to end off in. <laughs> But anyway, let's talk about verse 10 here. And uh, actually, verse 10, kind of all the way through 12, are sort of related here. It talks about the six years and then the six days. So taking the seventh year off, sort of. And we actually find out that God is really big about taking the seventh whatever off. And actually, even he talks about that with the indentured servants, that the people who sell themselves into servanthood, that after six years of working for you, then they are completely free men or free women. So God talks about everything in uh, sixes, kind of. So then it says here that for six years you shall sow your land and shall gather in its increase. So he says that if you are a farmer and, uh, you know, you're supposed to plant and harvest and sow and do whatever you can in those six years and allow yourself to have that increase in all of those um, those fruits that you produce, basically. So all the fruits and vegetables that you can get in those six years, get them. And it says here, but the seventh year, you should let it rest. So let your land lie just completely by itself. Don't do anything to it. Now, we know now that this is for many reasons. We know that uh, letting the land rest after the seventh year is actually healthy for the soil. 
and uh, it, it's very good for the soil. And it's also good to not just keep eating all those nutrients out of the soil because that's what plants do. I mean, they take the nutrients out of the soil. So allowing that land to rest for a while, we know now, is actually very, very good for the soil. But God gives another reason here. He says that the seventh year let the land rest because all the things that uh, reseed. I mean, <laughs> if you've ever planted tomatoes in your garden, you know that the next year you're going to get tomato plants. If you just let those um, those tomatoes fall to the ground, you're going to get plenty of tomato plants growing the next year. That's very common. So whatever reseeds itself, if that makes sense, whatever falls into the ground on its own, it says, God says to let that stuff grow. I mean, don't do anything with it. Just let it grow. And he says here that the seventh year is the year for the poor people. So whoever is poor in those communities, God is thinking of them and is taking care of the poor people. So he says, let those things grow. Don't touch them. Don't do anything with them. Don't sow the land. Just let it rest. But also whatever grows on its own, that will be for the poor people. And it says here that the poor people are allowed to go and pick whatever they want out of that whole bunch of stuff. And even the animals are allowed to eat what's left. So God is thinking of the poor people in the situation, but also even of the animals and even of the land. God actually mentions uh, the land quite a lot. He mentions how people corrupt the land and how everything now on the land is, you know, I mean, he, he likes a good, healthy land. We find that out all throughout scripture. In fact, I was reading something um I think it was in Jeremiah, actually, in my personal reading today, that talks about, you know, the land became corrupt because of all the people not following the law. The land itself, you know, it says in the Bible that the land is groaning, you know, because people are always sinning and whatever else. So God likes a good, healthy piece of land. We find that out all through scripture. You know, he created the earth. He's compassionate on every living thing, and that even includes uh, plants and animals. So it says here that in the same way you shall deal with your vineyard and also with your olive grove. So whatever you have, it doesn't have to just be crops, but it also should be your your fruit trees and your grapes and your vineyards and your olive grove, whatever you plant. And so then after this, he talks about the six days to do the work and on the seventh day you should rest. So first he's talking about the land taking a rest, but now he's talking about human beings taking a rest. And it's interesting the difference between um, the land and the people. Apparently the land only needs uh, the seventh year to rest, but people need a rest every single week. <laughs> so people need to rest. And so it says here on the seventh day you shall rest that your ox and your donkey may also have rest. So he's thinking not just about the people, but also about the work animals that, you know, on the seventh day they need they need some rest and relaxation just as human beings do. And so you know, if you have an ox and it's going out and constantly plowing and doing whatever else it needs to do, I don't, I'm, I'm not a farmer, so I don't know anything about ox really. But um, if you have an ox and you're working it like crazy, I mean, it's going to get sick. It's going to be unhealthy. 
if it's constantly working and has no rest. So God is thinking about the oxen and he's thinking about the donkeys and uh, he's saying, you know, let your work animals have a rest. So then it says also that uh, the son of your servant and the alien may also be refreshed. And so that's kind of cool here, the son of your servant. So say you have a servant because of indentured servanthood, which we talked about many, many times already. But say you have a servant. It says here that even the servant's family will be refreshed because they get their dad back. Isn't that cute? So it says here that the son of your servant can be refreshed. So they get their dad for a whole day to relax and hang out with and play with. And the entire family of that servant is going to be refreshed. And it's funny because I'm actually very, very excited for tomorrow because tomorrow is Saturday and it's one of the few days off that I get with my husband because he rarely gets a day off. And I was actually mentioning to somebody earlier that I was excited to have this Saturday off. So it's very true. I mean, it's refreshing to have my husband home with me to relax with and hang out with and to play silly games with. And it's refreshing for other people as well to have their love ones home with them. So God is thinking even of the families of the servant, not just the servant himself, but the families that they they want their dad around. They want their husband around. So God says to let them have a day off as well. And then also that the alien may be refreshed. So it's not even thinking God's going as far as thinking of people who aren't even Israelites that live in that community, that uh, they also can have a day off to rest and relax. Because, you know, back then, I mean, this was very, very new. This was a completely new concept to these people and especially to the surrounding nations. So any aliens or, I mean, foreigners that would live with the people and they see the people taking a break, they're probably like, oh, I get to take a break too. So it was probably exciting even for them. So then it says here, um, God says, he, he switches the subject a little bit and he says, be careful to do all the things that I have said to you and don't invoke the name of other gods or even let them be heard out of your mouth. So I think that this is talking more about um, not just like naming a god. For example, when we get to <laughs> when we get to the the parts that are going to talk about Baal and stuff like that in the Bible, and I'm reading that, I don't believe God is condemning me for saying the word Baal. But what I believe God is talking about here is just allowing that word to come out of your mouth in a reverent way, especially if we're talking about the Sabbath day, which was exactly what God was talking about right before this. It says that the Sabbath day, you know, you're supposed to worship God on that day and not think about other gods or, you know, anything like that. So God says, be careful to follow the Sabbath day and don't at all mention other gods on the Sabbath day because God is the one who is supposed to be. Uh, worshipped on the Sabbath day. So then it says after this, you shall observe a feast to me three times a year. You shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. And then he talks about two other uh, feasts, which is the feast of the harvest and the um, the feast also of the ingathering. So these are three feasts that God talks about. We've already uh, learned about the Passover feast, which was the um, most important feast of the year, which was remembering God, how he brought the Israelites out of slavery. This would be a more somber feast, not so much celebration, but you also would get a day off. You get some time to relax, to have a good meal with your family. 
you know, to worship God. And then the other two feasts would be a little bit more joyful. You know, it was the feast of the harvest or the feast of the first fruits of your labors. So I would guess, um, you know, I don't know exactly when this feast would take place, but this would be when you get your first crop. So that would be a feast that was dedicated to God once a year that he, you know, allowed you to plant all these delicious fruits and vegetables and that he was helping you to provide for your family to have food for the winter. So at that point, you would bring some of your first fruits, I should say, you know, some of your first fruits and vegetables to God and you would give those fruits to God. And uh, it would be have to be the best of all of the, the fruits and vegetables that you got. So for example, if you have tomatoes, I'm going to mention those again because I know a little bit about tomatoes. <laughs> I love tomatoes. But um, instead of bringing God the cracked tomatoes, because if you leave them on the vine for too long, they'll get this split in them. And uh, those aren't as good. I mean, you can still eat them. They're still okay. But sometimes, you know, you got to be careful because the insects can get inside those little cracks, like, for example, fruit flies and stuff, and they'll lay their their eggs in there. So they're not ideal. You kind of want to cut that crack off just to be on the safe side that you're not eating a bunch of eggs. So you're not going to want to give God the fruits that are all cracked up and you know all nasty or maybe have a a bad spot on them you're going to want to give him the prettiest nicest waxiest looking fruit or vegetables that you can possibly give him and I mean this is common knowledge if you had a guest of honor coming to your house like say of somebody that um you think is super cool that you would probably never get to meet ever in your lifetime that you would love to have over for dinner you're not going to serve your guest of honor, uh, a fruit or a vegetable that might have eggs inside of it. (laughs) Unless you're serving some sort of caviar dish. Ha ha. But um, you're not going to serve them that. You're not going to serve them spoiled fruit or vegetables or moldy ones. You're going to give them the best of everything you have. So God is saying here, you know, you got to give me the best because I am your God. And I mean, that's just common knowledge. You give God the best of what you have. So, and then he talks about um, the feast of the ingathering at the end of the year. So this would be when you are finally done with all of your plowing and harvesting and everything. That would be the last feast of the year, the third feast. And this would also be a joyous occasion, I would guess. And, and, you know, you get all your food for that um, winter. You're going to protect your family and take care of them. And at this point, you would also just be giving thanks to God that he helped you get to this point that you're providing for your family throughout the winter and that he gave you a blessing of good land, good soil, uh, good rain throughout the year. And then at that point, once again, you would give the best of everything you got and give it to God. And it says, so three times in the year, all your males shall appear before the Lord Yahweh. So at that point in time, I believe I might be wrong about this and I didn't look it up, but I believe the males primarily did the sacrifices and gave God all that stuff. Though I don't know if that was always the case, but God says, make sure that all of the males are celebrating these holidays and that they are going to be uh, giving God the best of the best of whatever they own. So then it says here, 
You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leavened bread, and the fat of my feast shall not remain all night until the morning. So if you are having a feast, say this is the the feast of the ingathering, the last feast of the year that you are supposed to do for God, and you have some meat, and you're having a meal with your family, the fat of that meat, so that doesn't mean the fat portions, this just means the best of the best. That's like an old-fashioned way of saying the best of everything, you know the fat of the calf, you know, the best part of it. You're not even supposed to leave that until morning. You're supposed to just eat it and uh, give it to God kind of and just not even save it for later. Just eat it and that should be done. You're supposed to do everything that you can to honor God. And so then it says, also, you shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leavened bread. So this could mean either in your home, if you're celebrating um, this feast with your family, you're not supposed to eat leavened bread with it. But if you go and say you have wheat, and I think that you could also, I think you could bring um, a wheat offering to God. That's not until later on. I, I think you can make it into cakes. But God says specifically, if you bring a wheat offering that was like made into cakes, that you have to make sure that there was no leavened at all in those cakes of wheat or those little uh, crackers, whatever they are. And you can bring that, but you just have to make sure there's no leavened. So it says that when you bring a sacrifice to God, there can be no leavened in that sacrifice. And this points directly to Jesus because leavened was a um, sign of sin. This was a very common sign of sin. So when God often talks about leavened, that is referring to sin. So Jesus was a sacrifice, right? He was the ultimate sacrifice and he had no sin in him whatsoever. So this right here even points directly to Jesus. Now on verse 19, it's kind of a weird thing. It says here, you shall bring the first of your first fruits of your ground into the house of Yahweh your God, which could also be talking about uh, the wheat and, you know, not having leavened in that. But then here it says, you shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. <laughs> and that's kind of how it ends. And we've already seen this two other times. God says specifically, don't boil a, a kid in its mother's milk. Like a, not a kid, like a child, but like a goat, a young goat. Don't boil it in its mother's milk. So why would God say this three times now already? Well, first and foremost, this was actually um, something the Canaanites would do, but it was a tradition that at the end of the year, they would take a goat, and I don't even know if they would kill it beforehand. I don't know. It was sick, whatever they did. And they would take it and kill it by boiling it in the mother's milk. And this was like a... Uh, tradition that they would do and they'd throw in all sorts of different kinds of plants and trees and whatever else and it was like a offering they would give to their gods or something to uh, have them be even more productive the next year it was a very weird creepy thing that they would do so God's saying don't do that so this was going even further than you know a whole um, than just what God was saying here this is this was a religious practice that was popular in these days to do and God is saying first and foremost you're not supposed to be worshiping other gods or doing these weird talismans or anything like that you're just supposed to be trusting 
in God that he's going to provide and send the rain and send the sun and whatever else you need for uh, being very productive the next year. And secondly, it's inhumane to have a mother in that way kill a baby. I mean, and it's also just inhumane in general. It's just not a humane thing to do. So don't do that. Now, of course, people have taken it so far that you can't eat a cheeseburger, okay? Because (laughs) the cheese could possibly melt into the burger. And if that cheese was made with the mother's milk, which I don't know how it possibly could be, then uh, this would be going against God's law here. But no, it says you shouldn't boil the animal in its mother's milk. This does not mean a burger with a slice of cheese on top. (laughs) So that's something I think is kind of, um, you know, we look at the law and we just make it way bigger than it is. When in actuality, you know, we, we look at this and it's pretty simplistic, you know. I mean, God said a few things here. Take the seventh day off, uh you know, give him the best and don't do weird traditions. I mean, that was kind of all that was said here. And yet we, we like to look at this and, and just make it way bigger than it really is. And that was something that Jesus was always talking about the Pharisees with, you know, they put burdens on the people by translating what God said completely differently and just doing all these rules and regulations and stuff that just wasn't good. I mean, you got to look at the intent of this. And so I think it is important that when we look at the law and we look at the stuff God is saying, that we don't put in our own stuff into it. But it is important to look at the law, I believe, to study it, but also just to look at the intent of it and what God was saying here with how you should treat other people, how you should treat God, and how you should treat yourself. I always say the law can be summed up in three different ways. Love God, love your neighbor, and protect yourself. Take care of yourself. But friends and faithful listeners, this was Exodus chapter 23 verses 10 through 19. I hope you enjoyed this uh, this portion of scripture. And if you did, please subscribe to the podcast and uh, rate it five stars if you are on Apple Podcasts. But also friends and faithful listeners, just have a wonderful weekend this weekend. Happy listening and God bless.